This is Ahuka, and welcome to the second in our series, Freedom is Not Free. In the last uh, episode, I introduced this idea that I think the software that we work with, we sometimes call it free software, we sometimes call it open source software, but I find that there are certain problems with both of those, and I suggested that really what we ought to do is refer to this as community-supported software. And that raises then the question of, well, what are the various ways you can support? And I mentioned uh, four of them in the last podcast, and I said I wanted to come back and take a look at them in somewhat more detail. So what I want to do this time is I want to talk about the first of the four topics that I had mentioned, ways that you can support free software, even if you are not a programmer. All right? I mean, if you're a developer, if you're helping to keep the kernel going, you are uh, working on some of the software that we all love to use, then, you know, God bless you, you're already doing enough. What I want to do is I want to address all of the people in the free software community who use the software, who love the software, who want to support it, and say, hey, I'm not a programmer, Uh, how can I help? And that's what this series is all about. Now, the first of the topics that I want to address is bugs. Yeah. Okay. Well, every piece of software has bugs. That's an unavoidable fact of life. Um, And Linux software, open source software, that has bugs too. So I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Uh, You know, I happen to think that in many cases, the, the free and open software is as good, if not better, than the commercial proprietary software. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't mean it is bug free. These things have bugs. And when software has bugs, one of the questions then is, well, how are we going to deal with that? Uh, If you take a look at most of the uh, projects that you're interested in and you go check out their website, you're going to see that almost always there is some kind of mechanism uh, that is going to deal with bugs. Uh, Now, I'd like to start with the distribution, okay? Generally speaking, um, when you install Linux on a system, you are installing a distribution. And the whole idea of a distribution is that it is uh, a bundle of software that was put together uh, that is designed to work together. So it it makes sense to start there. All right. Uh, Now, in in some cases, you you may want to go past the distribution, and I want to talk about that. But... Let's take that as a starting point. Um, you know, I, there's a fellow named George Castro who uh, is a canonical employee and has done a lot of work with uh, the various upstream projects. That's a big part of his job at Canonical, and he happens to 
have spent a lot of time living in the same general area that I do, so I've had a number of conversations with him about this. Um, and, you know, that what, when uh, a software distribution puts all these things together, uh, they make certain choices. So, for instance, uh, you know, Ubuntu might say, well, this is the software we're going to use for playing your MP3 files. This is the software we're going to use for video. This is the software we're going to use for your mail client. Uh, this is the web browser we're going to install, and so on and so forth. Now, when they do that, what they're doing is saying, we have tested this software uh, in our distribution. We think it is the best choice for what we want to do. And they're making uh, essentially some kind of claim to providing at least some level of support here. The, the opposite can also be the case. It, it, let's say uh, you know, you've got a, a, a distribution that says, we're going to use Evolution for our mail client. And you say, well, I don't like Evolution. I'm going to install Thunderbird. You're, you're quite welcome to do it. Uh, I'm sure all of the major distributions are going to have that in their repositories. But if you were to file a bug and say, well, Thunderbird is not, you know, I've got a problem with Thunderbird, they might look at it and say, it's not our problem. Okay, I had something like this happen to me recently. Uh, I filed a bug with uh, OpenSUSE, and the bug had to do with a video editing program called Caden Live. Now, I happen to love Caden Live. It was having this certain problem. It kept crashing. Uh, that's considered a serious problem. And uh, I filed a bug with OpenSUSE because I thought that would be a good place to start. And then I got a response from the people at OpenSUSE. They closed the bug and said, you know, we don't support this particular software package. This is not part of our distribution. Therefore, we're not taking responsibility. Right? That doesn't make the people of OpenSUSE evil. It's just, you know, you can't deal with everything. So they've made a, a decision about what they will or will not deal with. Uh, so in a case like that, the, the only thing you could do then is to file the bug with the, uh, with the KDEN Live project, which I did. Um, so that's, that's fine. Uh, but, I, I, you know, you might want to start with, generally speaking, uh, the distribution. Now, every distribution is going to have their own little way of doing things. Uh, I know with Ubuntu, they've got this thing called Launchpad, and you go in there and you can file your bugs and all of this. Um, and OpenSUSE had a, a particular forum that you would go in and you'd file bugs there. And so, uh, you know, there's different ways of doing it. How are you going to find out about that? Well, as it happens, for at least the major ones, there's already a very nice site uh, and it's at a place called Linux, uh, called howto at linuxcareer.com, guide to bug submitting and bug tracking in Linux. I've put the URL in the show notes, and they give you some general instructions for Ubuntu, for Mint, for Fedora, for Debian, and for OpenSUSE. So I'm, I'm thinking you're kind of hitting the biggies there. That's going to work for a lot of people. And if you go to this site, you take a look, uh, you know, what's the first thing they say? Linux distributions and open source software in general are, before anything, community efforts. All right, that's exactly the theme of this series that I'm doing, is to say this is community-supported software. All right, 
Then they go. Every distribution lists somewhere in its website ways to contribute and help the effort. Okay? So, submitting bugs is important, and if you go to this site, it's going to tell you. So, um, you know, if you go there, you take a look at Ubuntu, they're going to give you a link to Launchpad and some general instructions about all of that. Um, if instead you went to Mint, uh, they give you a slightly different, um, and it's also in Launchpad, but it is, uh, because Linux Mint is based on Ubuntu. Uh, then for Fedora, there's a site called bugzilla.redhat.com that you would go to there. If it was Debian, it's a site called bugs.debian.org. All right, and then, of course, uh, OpenSUSE. Um, you've got a... Uh, uh, bugzilla.novell.com and then they say for non-technical users you might want to try the forums so that that's the the starting point you take a look at all of these places and you find out okay how do I do this um, now the next thing I want to say is that it, you you can submit a bug at any time but it is going to be most useful if you do a little bit of work first. Now, when I talk about the work, you got to kind of think about what's happening. All right, I had uh, a problem recently that uh, it, initially I thought it was a software problem. I might have filed a bug. Uh, I, I just I started having crashes on one of my uh, one of my machines, and and I, so I started to think, okay. Um, what's happening when it crashes and I started looking at that I say gee every time it crashes I'm doing something that involves video hmm interesting idea then okay uh, what did anything change on the system yes I put in a video card a few weeks ago that was a new video card Come to think of it, I think all of those crashes happened after I put in the video card. So first thing I did a little troubleshooting, I said, let's change drivers. And I tried several different drivers. I tried the default drivers from the distro. I tried some proprietary drivers from the manufacturer. No matter what driver I tried, I kept having the crashes. Finally, I just pulled the video card out and ran off of the onboard video no more crashes. I kind of think I, I found my problem. And that's an example of, of the kind of the troubleshooting that, uh, that you want to do. A good bug report is, is going to help uh, if you can identify these things. So, uh, you know, one of the first things, if you're having a bug, did anything just change? Okay, in my case, I, I put in a new video card. Um, is it, uh, I, I've had bugs that happen because... Uh, for instance, I decided to upgrade the version of my distribution. I run Kubuntu on a number of my boxes, and so, you know, every six months there's a new version of Kubuntu, and okay, I upgrade to a new version, now I've got this problem. All right, well, that's an indication right away. It probably has something to do with that new version of the, the distro. Uh, you know, did I just install some new software? Uh, that new software might be conflicting with something. Right? So, 
you, you kind of look at, at what changed as being a clue, and then if you can, can you roll back the change? Right? If you installed a piece of software and it causes a problem, does removing the software get rid of the problem? You know, if you change the driver for your video card and the problem showed up, can you change, change the driver back to what it was before and make the, the problem go away? You know, information like that is really useful to the developers in trying to figure out where the problem is. The next thing that they're almost always going to ask you is, what were you doing when the problem occurred? So in the case of that video problem I had, uh, you know, the machine crashed when I was, for instance, encoding a video. That's something I do a fair amount of. So uh, it was pretty easy for me to make that connection and say, hmm, that's, there, there is the problem. Uh, next thing, is it reproducible? which means if, if, if I always do action X, does result Y always occur? It's really useful to know that. You know, the hardest ones are the intermittent bugs where it's, well, I, I do action X and sometimes Y occurs and sometimes it doesn't. That's always a little bit harder. Uh, but the more you can trace that and say, yes, this is, this is what happens. Uh, um, try and do the same action over and over again and see if you get the result. That's a, that's a really good piece of information. for Because what you're trying to do is give the information to the developer to say, this is the problem, would you fix it? It's a wonderful feeling when the developers actually take your bug and fix it, and I've had that happen. Uh, but they can only do that if you give them the information. Next thing, do you have any log data to add to the report? Now, in some distributions, they're trying to automate this. I know the folks at Ubuntu have been uh, trying to uh, build an automated bug reporting system that when the bug, when a, you know, if the system crashes, let us say, uh, it's going to pop up a little applet that uh, is going to file the bug, and they will frequently be able to automatically access the right log files to get that information. That's wonderful. Uh, but, you know, it never hurts to get to know where your log data lives. Uh, for instance, um, uh, the command DMESG, great source of information, okay? Uh, and that's reading a file that's, uh, that, you know, you could include that, uh, the, the output of that, include that in your bug report. Um, and, you know, you might even be able to figure out how to read it and pull out some of the relevant details first. Finally, the, one of the things you might want to do is you might want to check to see if the bug has already been submitted. Okay? Now, if that's the case, you may be able to add on to the report. You might be able to improve someone else's bug report. They might have just made some sort of vague thing of, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I installed this piece of software and it crashed. Well, you know, that's not really very helpful, but if you had the same problem and you know how to do a proper bug report, you could come in and say, hey, uh, same thing happened to me. Uh, I was running this particular version of this distribution. I was running this particular version of this software, and here's my hardware setup, and here's the attached log file uh, that is going to have all of this wonderful information. Um, and, you know, you could really improve that. And I know uh, from talking to George that uh, a lot of the work that he and, and some of the other folks do with uh, Ubuntu 
is finding these rather poorly written bug reports and improving them so that there's, there's actually information there that the developers can use to do this. Uh, and, and I emphasize that because in most cases, developers want to fix the bugs. They take pride in their work. They want to do the right thing. But if you don't give them the information, oh, it's just, it's so terribly hard. Um, now, the other thing about checking to see if a bug has been submitted, uh, think about it someone may already have the answer. Isn't that wonderful? So, gosh, I, I, I'm doing such and such, and, uh, you know, I installed this software, but it won't run. It gives this error message and crashes. Uh, and I really want to run this software. And, and if you go looking, what you might find is someone's going to say, oh, I know the answer to that. You need to change this one library, and if you do that, everything will be wonderful. That's great information, Okay. Uh, and the way you find that is by taking a look at the bugs, all right? So you, you go to look to the bug report, you see what's in there, um, and you discover there is a solution, you apply it, and all of a sudden you're happy because you, you get to do this. Uh, now, I had a, a, a complicated one with a piece of software called Miro. Now, if you're not familiar with Miro, it is basically... Uh, it's for video podcasts and online video content. Uh, and I will just emphasize in this case that they're really focused on legal video content. All right. Uh, you know, if you're looking to download illegal BitTorrent copies of the latest Hollywood movies, this is not the place you would go. And I don't, if you're into that, you'll figure it out. I don't need to tell you about it. But I find Miro absolutely essential to me because there are a lot of video podcasts that I like to listen to, uh, to watch. Um, and so what it does is it downloads all of them and then has a, a, a playback console that uh, I can watch all of these videos. Uh, and it's very, very convenient. So um, I had a problem. First thing, I upgraded my distro to the newest version and suddenly Miro doesn't work. Uh-huh. Okay, that happens. Um, then, okay, where's the problem? If Miro doesn't play any videos, I, I started doing the troubleshooting. Can I play videos with other software? Uh, could I use VLC? Could I use Dragon? You know, and the other software was, no, no problem. They can play it just fine. All right. So, uh, obviously, there's something going on here with Miro. In my case, I happen to have several computers uh, with the same distro version, so I was able to test it there. Same problem on all of these different computers. So I filed a bug in, uh, in actually, in this case, in two places. I filed it with the distro, which was Kubuntu in this case, and I also fired, filed the, uh, the bug with Miro. Now, as it happens, I got a reply from the developer on the Miro project within a couple of hours. And he said, gee, I tried that exact distro version, and I had no problems. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, how are we going to find out? He said, there's this log file. He told me where the log file is. And I said, great. I went and I grabbed that log file, and I sent it to him. And then he wrote back, again, within, you know, maybe an hour of me sending it to him, he wrote back and said, well, you know, 
looking at the log file, I'm seeing uh, this looks like your problem. It looks like it's missing a package. And I thought, okay. I checked, you know, using uh, my uh, package manager, and it's it told me that the package was installed. But as I say, this was a you know a a recently released um, upgrade to uh, Kubuntu, so you know things can go wrong with that. So what I did is I removed the package and reinstalled it. And then suddenly Miro is working, and I was able to go back and tell the developer exactly what had happened. And you want to do that because what you know, someone else might come along, okay? And so I not only told the developer directly, but made sure that I, it was attached to the bug report that I had filed, so that if the next person comes along and takes a look at it uh, and says, "Gee, I'm having this problem," they'll see that I had reported the bug and this is the steps that I took, and this fixed it, and now I'm happy. And then if they follow that, they're going to be happy as well. So, you know, when you create good bug reports, you help yourself and you help others. And I think that's such an important part of the community support. It doesn't cost any money. It does cost a little bit of your time. But that's what it means to have community-supported software. So I we can encourage anyone listening to this. Uh, you know, the next time you, you get some annoyance, you know, some program crashes on you, don't just piss and moan and curse at people that the software isn't working the way you like. Uh, file a bug. And, you know, you just might be responsible for making free software better for other people. Now... I want to mention something else because uh, I am, in addition to podcasting for Hacker Public Radio, something I started doing um, at the beginning of 2012, but I, hopefully I'm going to be continuing. Uh, I'm also involved with o Ohio Linux Fest. So I, I know that Hacker Public Radio has a very international audience, but I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are in the Midwest of the United States uh, who may be familiar with Ohio Linux Fest um, and perhaps even thinking about attending or what have you. Uh, and I would like to tell you that uh, we have just opened up our call for talks. All right, We're going to be doing um, the 2012 event at the end of September, September 28th through 30th, but most of the talks will be on the 29th, uh, which is a Saturday. And uh, what we're really looking at right now is trying to get uh, some people to submit proposals to, uh, to give a presentation. We're looking for just about anything that is related to free and open source software, free hardware, uh, open hardware, yeah, uh, you know, I, with hardware, when I say free, I mean as in freedom, uh, not necessarily free of charge, because you know hardware is going to cost money. Uh, but we're you know we're pretty broad about that, um, and uh, so just a quick list of of some of the things: Zen, Samba, WordPress, uh, you know, BSD for the home user or in production. Uh, Using Linux in a Windows world, uh, open source in the view of a teenager, um, video editing, uh, GNOME 3, KDE, uh, 
Oh, IPv6. That'd be a great one because uh, we know that a lot of companies have said they're going to turn that on for good in June of this year. I'd like to know more about that. Love to have people talk about Android. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's a pretty broad range of things. And the other thing is we look for variety in the, the levels of these things so that. Uh, you know, it's not that everything is going to be aimed at sysadmins or that everything is going to be aimed at the newbies. We, we want to have a mix. We want to have all of those levels. So uh, when we get these talks, we usually sort them out as beginner, intermediate, and advanced and, and try and then select a, a good number from each of those three categories. Um, so we'd love to have that. And the other thing is that we put a lot of effort into trying to be family friendly um, and trying to be as inclusive as possible uh, so you know we would love to have you know more women or minorities or or uh, you know just as much of a mix of people as we possibly can uh, and we really do and I think if you talk to anyone who's been involved with us uh, we don't just talk the talk we do uh, do our best to walk the walk on this one so if you're interested, um, we have uh, uh, an announcement up on the webpage, and I've put the URL into the show notes. So th that'll make it easy for you. Uh, so uh, I think that I'm going to sign off. This is Ahuka, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'll talk to you again. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.